and we're back. Paul Goody. And now I'm not going to call Ben because I'm already on the phone with him. This is the uh, where we. This is a twofer. What we call sometimes when it's a twofer. Either Ben or I have to go. We bank the episode so that we can do it. I'm going to be out of town next Thursday. I'm actually, as as we're recording, I'm going to be on a plane. You're going to be on a... That's what I was going to say. What mode of transportation are you taking, Ben? Um, Uh, Hey. uh, I'd much rather be on a train, but the train would take too long. Yep. That's that's how it works with trains, for sure. Ben, let me ask you a question. Uh, The new... new, uh, You... U U A what is it U uh U A U A V unmanned uh, aerial vehicle yeah or um so with with all these things going on are you any any more nervous of flying because there might be uh might be little little uh other machines up there with you am I worried about my you... commercial airliner getting shot down by drones uh or or aliens then. Oh, yeah. you're talking about that. UAPs, you know I think what? they're called. You know what? I have not been paying attention at all to that news. I know that yeah. like Mexico had recently held a press conference and their reveal of their alien was so laughable that Reddit has been like all well, over it. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, and I will, I will tell you this. Uh, this is one of those... Reddit guys, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything <laughs> because they're like, and it's well, this almost all guys. So, so what? My understanding of it. This is my understanding from what I read in a legitimate publication. Uh, the Mexican government basically just did what the U.S. government did. They had a congressional thing, yeah. and and they had people come in and you know talk about stuff and and all that the the thing that's going on on reddit is like well this isn't actually the mexican government this is a, you know that they, they aren't really the mexican government they're just oh, something that's calling that. themselves the mexican congress but it's not really the government and stuff like that if that is in fact the case that's not what this news article said the news article said that that you know this was similar to the, what happened in the u.s so on and so forth. Uh, again, you don't have to try that hard. You don't have to try as hard as you're doing to to keep this from happening. So the the alien body thing. Yeah. So this is the story with the alien body thing. They are. Which am I thinking of the same one? It looks like this this like mummified stone yep. alien body it, kind of exactly. thing. Exactly, okay. and that and that's the thing is that these that they were shown during this thing. Right, somebody yeah. came in and they and they showed this deal. Uh, Look what I have in my box. <laughs> they are not exactly. This is my, you know, they aren't supposed to be from a crash or anything like that. These are these are supposedly, and this is the thing that's that's crazy about it, right? Um, they're like, well, this guy has done this before. This guy has done this before. He's he's shown these alien bodies, but they really aren't. And this is this is the thing that that just made me crazy. Again, you don't have to try so hard. They 
they weren't alien bodies. It turned out that they were mummified bodies of children. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to say anything else. You don't have to say, "Oh, these look like they were doctored. Oh, I think that somebody made this and this is this is always the problem that I have when anything UFO related happens, anything psychic phenomenon related happens, any of that yeah. stuff. So somebody has a video. And in the video there's a there's a a weird looking skin uh, monster that runs around and it's and it lo it looks like a ladder that's made out of skin and it runs around right let's say right. let's say yeah. you had that yeah one person posts and says that's not a ladder made out of skin those are two snakes and they're fighting <laughs> and somebody else says this is obvious CGI you can see the artifacts yeah it can't be both those things it it can't right. What and if it I don't were like CGI that. of two snakes fighting? Exactly. It, it could be that. But <laughs> but the basic thing is that that people try too hard. People when 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 they see something that they can't explain, they don't just want to say uh, which is which is what I'm the the suggestion that I have for everyone. And granted, you know, I am the, the we maybe live in a simulation guy. I, I, I realize that. You? <laughs> well, but but my suggestion is that when something like that happens, just go, yeah, I don't know what that is. That's all you have to do. You can just say, I don't know what that is, doesn't mean that it's what you think it is. I I don't know what that is, doesn't mean it's an alien. I'm, I'm Paul, looking you, at this. I don't, do I don't you, get it. Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? And, well, let me let me let me let me like. Part, this is actually this question. is actually a great question. Yeah, there are, there, there are, there's two parts to this question. The first yeah. part is I'll just ask them both at the same time. Do yeah. you believe aliens exist? Do you believe that we've been visited by them? All right. So, let me sidestep your question for just a second, because what yeah. is of course what is of course my base. Where do I cut? Where do I operate from? What is my base mindset? You know this. I've told you many times. Do you remember what that we it live is? in a simulation? That that this world is you know not just a simulation, but it is a a very it's a it's a it's both a physical and a temporal one. And the more you look into things, the deeper it goes. That memory is a sense that allows you to to find objects through time. Uh, just like an imagination uh, allows you to pinpoint objects in the future, so time is a um, is a dimension just like space is, right? You wanna you wanna fit a hundred people in a room that's five by five, you can do it. Uh, you just have to split it up in time and have them show up at different intervals, and then you can fit five hundred people in that room. That's that's just an example. So, so I think that there are unexplained things, right? Yeah. And I think those unexplained things are, uh, well, you've done, you've done theater before neutral, right? The, the neutral mask, the idea that, that you, you don't have any characteristics that you're doing. You're just standing and you're sort of, of waiting. 
Uh, and then they say, okay, now be angry. Now be, you know, and then go back to neutral. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what, yeah. what part of theater does that. But in the same way, there the are things that, that are unexplained. Clowning. Right, exactly. That's right. Clowning. So there are things in the world that are unexplained. And they end up taking on the characteristics that we give them from our minds as we investigate them. So, in my opinion, angels, UFOs, fairies, the Loch Ness Monster, all of those things are all this stuff. Ghosts. Ghosts. Bigfoot. Bigfoot, Cryptids of sorts. Cryptids. And then eventually, eventually, if enough time and effort are put into them by people, they become something real in our reality. They stop becoming malleable. Uh, Example being orangutans. Right, they were mythical for a little bit. Now we've got them in zoos, and they're uh, a type of great ape. <laughs> and they hate it. Bigfoot, could, oh, they do, they do. They, <laughs> did you ever see the uh, the footage that just came out recently? Uh, did you ever see the footage that just came out recently? I know of a <laughs> of an orangutan chucking a possum out of its tree. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. You don't get to see him throw it. You just get to see the possum flying through the air and then the orangutan looking out while all these people go, hey! It's great. Um, no so, ticket. So that's that's what I think, right? So these alien bodies, right, that they're showing in Mexico. They're something, right? Are they children? Are they paper mache? Are they, I don't know, as we investigate it, we will find out, and it will become more real and more solid. Uh, yeah, I mean that's oh, how a lot oh, of things were. We, that's how a lot. That's how a lot of mythical things came up in the first place, as you're saying. That's I think. I believe that's how religion came about. Yeah, so people uh, trying couple, to make sense of the world around them. Right. Uh, we we talked about the Biko effect <clears throat> uh, yeah. a couple of podcasts ago. Stephen Biko um, was a uh, South African. Uh, who was killed by police and uh, there was a song by Peter Gabriel made about him and all that and a lot of people who think that Nelson Mandela died in prison are actually thinking of Stephen Biko and and so the Biko effect is when the thing that seems really weird uh, and you can lose your mind over thankfully wonderfully becomes some mundane thing that can be proven uh a great example one of the most fun things uh that i've seen in a while is somebody saying okay i saw this troll-like creature uh with troll doll-like hair that was black and white uh in my yard and somebody wrote to them and said did it look like this and they showed them a photograph they're like that was it that was it and they said that's a skunk getting ready to spray on its hind legs. (laughs) And what you're actually seeing is not a fuzzy afro. You're seeing the tail of the skunk that's in the air. It's doing a handstand. Um, That's a wonderful example of what could have been a frightening or at least uh, disturbing otherworldly creature getting slammed back into reality uh, and becoming a skunk. And the thing is, that, and this is the thing about time, right? Once that thing's a skunk, it's always been a skunk. 
right? That's how you save yourself. It's the same thing. Um, there's a there's a thing, uh, a book called Voodoo the Quant the uh, the something like the Voodoo Quantum Leap, I think it's called. I, I wish again, keep it wrong. Don't know the name exactly. I think it's Voodoo Quantum Leap. Voodoo might be spelled uh, with an O U instead of an O O. Uh, but the basic thing is that one of the things they note: uh, Protestants are very good at dealing with demonic possession because they don't have imaginations. And so, if somebody's they don't possessed, have imaginations. Yeah, if someone if someone's possessed, they don't feed into it. They're they're like this person's crazy, and so the person becomes crazy. They're no longer possessed. They're simply mentally ill. And so I like I like that 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 idea a lot. That aliens are aliens are alien until you know what they are, and then they stop being alien. I've I've turned an alien into a coat in the past. Um. I've turned, uh, you well, know... you've turned a coat into an alien. Did I? I don't think so. Oh, you mean I, I had well, turned was, a coat was, into an alien. It was always then, a coat. It was always a coat, right, <clears throat> exactly. So, it was never it was never an alien. You make a good point. Uh, my <laughs> own words against me. I, you, you know, know what the only the only reason I, well, like one of the reasons I, obviously that's what we're talking about right now but it's it's interesting because I it, I feel like uh, me personally and the country as a whole you know if you had said 20 30 years ago like the government the US got not the Mexican government the US government is going to hold congressional hearings about what they are calling unidentified you know mystery objects or whatever UAPs yeah. supposed to stand for um, and unidentified aerial phenomenon. There you go, unidentified aerial phenomenon, and whatever. And U.S. is like, these are not of human origin. I think that's the phrase yeah. they used, right? And you know, twenty, thirty years ago, everybody would have freaked out. Yeah, you know, it would have been the biggest news. And that today, where people are like, you know, that just escaped, that went by without barely a notice. Yeah. And, 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 and now people are like, we don't, so what? <laughs> I mean, the, the basic concept, this has always been something, um, you know, that they talk about. Here's, this is the thing that's, and I'll, I'll give you the other reason why I'm not a big fan of the UFO subculture. Because the, not everyone, not everyone, I just want to make sure. And when I say the UFO subculture, I'm not talking about UFOs, I'm talking about um, the the aliens are here among us and they're, and they're, you know, doing stuff. It's because a lot of the stuff is anti-Semitic coded. A lot of the stuff is, you know, yeah. uh, like adrenal chrome is just blood libel with another, uh, you know, coat of paint on it, you know, that sort of thing. So not a big fan. Uh, but the basic idea is that, you know, whenever you talk about there are these shadowy figures and they control everything from behind the scenes, uh, it it gets real dicey real fast. And yeah, they can hide totally. they can hide among us, Ben. They look just like us. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's But if you know what to look for, you can spot them. Yeah, exactly. Very, very uh, <clears throat> bad badly coded. Uh, v the TV show V had yeah. a huge um, following when I was a kid 
everybody talked about it. We all liked I remember it. it being on TV. It was like a miniseries, yeah. And yeah, it was a miniseries and the you know, all the the guy who wrote it, I think is the same person that wrote the episodes of the Bionic Woman that had Bigfoot in them. And <laughs> and awesome. Andy, friend of the podcast Andy actually has talked to the guy uh, and all that. It's they're they're some of my favorite bits, right? But the but the the thing that I personally have to watch out for and have been watching out for, and I think I've been doing a good job, is to maintain skepticism as a defense mechanism, right? Because you remember, and you heard me about this, about the man who was the raccoon that lived under my house when I was in uh, Seattle and staying in Highland Park. I there was a there yes. I was in the bathtub and I heard a scratching underneath the tub like through the back of the tub and I knocked on it yeah. and then there was a knock back and then one <laughs> night I saw or not one night one morning I was leaving the house and there was a guy who crawled out from underneath my crawl space and scaled the fence that was next to my property and jumped over it that was weird Right. Um, yeah. And and I can't think that hard about that time, because when I do, it makes me go a little loopy. Um, I mean, it so could, you don't think it's just it was just an unhoused person who was dwelling underneath your house. Oh, I think I think that the, I think that my that my house was a place where unhoused people went. Yeah. That's what I think now. At the time, though, it was a man who could change into a raccoon, uh, and I really thought that. There was another, there was another time uh, when I was at retreat. Remember retreat? We would go there every once in a while, those cabins. I miss it. Um, and a whole bunch of shirtless frat guys ran through the camping area that we were at. Wait, wait, uh, what is this? And, and then turned into deer. And all of a sudden they were deer and not shirtless frat guys. And again, they were always dear, and they never were shirtless frat guys. But for yeah. a moment, in my memory, that's what they were. And so this is the 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 taking of the fantastic and turning it mundane, right? Is a defense mechanism that human beings have that keep us from being too scared of the dark and that sort of thing. That's why it's nice to have a fire. That's why it's nice to be around a group of people so that you can say, hey, did you just see that? Uh, <laughs> you know, because when you're by yourself, you don't have that. And so instead of going, oh, it's just raining, you think that there are hundreds of rats crawling on your roof until you see that it's raining. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Um, so, yeah. Have you ever been scared of the unknown? Oh, always. Ben. If I'm alone by myself, absolutely. There, there are experiences that I have had that, you know, obviously the the one that's described in uh, the uh, A Glitch in a Matrix documentary where I just lost all this is in church. sense of everything. Yeah, like, like the church wasn't there anymore. Nothing was there. I was compressed, and there was nothing around me. Uh, was was frightening, right? The most 
the most existential horror that I've ever felt. But there's also like mundane horror, like in the basement of the parsonage next to that church. Uh, I, I can't describe it other than uh, in that basement, there's a pantry. And that pantry is like radiating fear into me when I'm next to it. And like, as I, if, if I'm dreaming and I'm dreaming of that place, I can recreate that feeling. Right. Yeah. And, and oftentimes I dream that I'm in there and it always freaks me out and I can't wake up right away, all that sort of stuff. But I still remember as a kid, oh, it was nuts. You know, that was a, it was a, it was a, and, and what, what I'm, what I'm saying is I didn't like see a ghost in there. I didn't, you know, none of that. I did see a ghost in that house, but I didn't see a ghost in the pantry. The pantry just felt wrong. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, like but the, the house was bad. Yeah. A really bad, horrible aura. <clears throat> but, but I did see a ghost. Uh, I was, I was, well, I saw basically, I, I saw two different times. I saw a ghost two different times. Uh, one, I was in a be- my bedroom and there was a woman with a handkerchief tied around her, uh, her head who was cleaning in the, uh, in the area outside of my room, Yeah, which was weird. Uh, and uh, you know, that person maybe was real. Maybe, maybe they were a real person and I was a kid and they were over and just were helping my dad tidy up or whatever. But I asked him about it. He said that he didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> my dad was, oh no, <laughs> my dad was just having an affair. <laughs> with a cleaning woman. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh. Go back to sleep. No, that didn't that didn't happen, but that would be crazy. And then the other one, there was a woman who was standing over my bed looking at me while I was sleeping. Standing like this. And I reached out to touch her and she turned into these golden orbs and just floated away like that. Another time, uh, I was in the room. Uh, this is back... So I would have been, I would have been around three, uh, two or three. I have memories from when I was two or three because there, there are memories that involve my, uh, my mom, Barbara, before she died. And right. in that dream or reality, whichever, I got scared. I went into their room and, uh, you know, cause they say that when you're that age, you, you kind of have a hard time differentiating, uh, so I was lying down, I was looking at my dad and there was a little purple goat that was hopping around his face and would hop in his nose and out his ear and just move around. And I knew that the ghost was, that, the, the ghost, ugh, the goat was bad because it had a really weird, evil grin on its face. It Beelzebub himself. That was crazy. Um, when I was a, when I was a, uh, kid around the same time there was a baseball player that was in my closet I called him a baseball player because he had black under his eyes like a baseball yeah. player does and and because he was crouched at the door like a catcher uh, in baseball so I <laughs> put those two I things together my mom was having it my mom was having it for Johnny <laughs> exactly 
he was a, he was a, you know, he had like on like a kind of a white uniform type thing. And he just was crouching by my uh, closet door. And I told my dad about him. Like I called for my dad to come in and the, the guy walked into the closet. My dad said, where is he? And I said, he went into the closet. My dad looked in the closet, came out, said there's nobody there. And he left and the baseball player came back, like all at the same, all at the same time. Now it's interesting, you know, you talk about, you know, uh, these things becoming other things, right? A thing in a in a white uniform, crouched by the end of the bed with with black underneath their eyes, you could theoretically make the argument that maybe that was an alien, right? Like one of the greys yeah. or whatever. But at the time, that's not what it looked like. And if you look at aliens and descriptions of aliens before communion with from Whitley Strieber, that that iconic cover. That had the alien with the big eyes and the... You remember that? That it was in a whole bunch of bookstores and all that sort of thing? Once that uh, came in, then all of a sudden I all aliens look like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the alien that all aliens look like now. But before yeah. then, they were all over the place. They were, you know, uh, eight foot tall and purple and really short and hairy and like all sorts of stuff. And then they, you know, again, this is what, this is what I'm talking about. A coup happened to the brains of the human beings where where that became what these things look like now to us. It is funny also, um, there's a documentary called The Monument not not the Monument Men, sorry, that is a that is a movie, but it's called The Mirage Men. That's about government agents pushing the idea that there are aliens. For their own agenda. Yeah. So the idea is that there are people out there who are talking about like underground bases and things like that uh, because, and the hypothesis that I had for it, I don't know why they're doing it, but my hypothesis is this, is that I can tell you, not, not for a, a sure thing, but I can tell you at least a little bit, that Things that are top secret, classified, that kind of stuff, um, aren't always like really interesting. If you look at stuff that's become declassified in the past, it's not all alien videos, right? Sometimes it's that this person did this thing at this time or whatever. <clears throat> Standard yeah. things, right? So the idea is this. If you have lower level top secret stuff that you want people to um, keep secret, the first thing that you do is you you give them a big secret. Aliens exist. Or, you know, there's a, there's a concentration camp of, of uh, U.S. citizens that are all staying in FEMA trailers. Uh, you know, or whatever. Something big. And then you see if that information gets out. And then you trace that link and find out who leaked it. And then you know that that person doesn't, uh, can't be trusted with, again, the more boring, but also more important secrets that right. you have to give them. That's my, that's my hypothesis about a lot of this stuff that, that you, you want things to be fantastic so that the boring things 
uh, you know, because no one's gonna no one's gonna say, hey, I guess what? Um, there are fifty boats, and that's it. That's that's what the story is. There, <laughs> there, you know, because people want to know how many boats there are, Ben. Oh, there are fifty. They say, um, and, and that's boring. Nobody cares about it. But the idea that there's you know an underground base in Antarctica that is being run jointly by Bigfoot and Elvis, you know, that gets that sexy, right? People want to talk about it, and so that's how you yeah, find out sexy. where your leaks are. Yeah, that's my thought. Anyway, I don't know if it's true. Elvis yeah. shot JFK. It's good time. I had a, a bumper sticker that said that. I still like it. There was a proliferation of uh, alien movies. I think there was. I think it was more than like normal um, back in probably I don't know like the nineties, early two thousands. My brother-in-law had this hypothesis that the reason there were so many like alien invasion movies mm-hmm. is because it was a plot by the government to get us used to the fact that there are aliens and like to be cool and not panic when it finally does happen. Um, I tend to think that the the government and the uh, movie industry aren't that tightly connected, but Argo, I mean, it, was, it was a fun theory. Um, I here's the thing: what he's talking about. That's that's a, a general. Is he a, a general conspiracy theorist? Um, Not normally. In no. other ways, because that is a, a standard thing. Um, I forget exactly the term for it. I should know it. It's one of those things where, like, you can't you can't remember your your dad's middle name or whatever, uh, John. Um, it's on <laughs> George's side. I don't I don't know what what Kevin's middle name is. I should know it, but I don't. Um, but the, the, the basic idea that um, predictive programming, that's what it's called, predictive programming. So the idea is that you show people things in TV and movies first so that they get used to it, so when it happens in real life, they aren't freaked out about it. Yeah. Um, an example that Population somebody... control. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, Dennis Haber... Uh, as the president in 24. Yeah. Right? The example, getting you know, us, people say, used they're a, getting us used to having president. a black man as president. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, the idea that showing us aliens, then when there are aliens, we'll get used to it. But, look at it this way also. Alien invasion movies, right? Getting us used to fighting aliens. Yeah. That when you see an alien, you fight it. You know, that is, that is an interesting... You know, why Why would that be what they're doing? Um, the same thing like, um, you know, Red Dawn versus Close Encounter of the Third Kind kind of thing. Like, like show rural people fighting aliens and, and why. Why would you do that, you know? But because if we're, get, if we're really trying to get people ready for alien invasions, this is the, this is the idea of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The idea was that, that they were doing that movie... And this is true. You can look it up. Uh, there were um, conspiracy theories at the time that it came out that this was done by Steven Spielberg at the behest of the government so that we would be okay with uh, working with right. aliens. And I tend, one of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like I, 
Uh, well, I mean, I know that that I know that that like sort of theory exists where the government asks filmmakers to do that kind of thing. I mean, famously, like people conspiracy, conspiracy theories, conspiracy theorists think Stanley Kubrick staged the moon landing, you know, and so in 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 practice, though, I doubt that's a thing. Oh, that that the government has uh, people do well. Here's this is the uh, I will tell you this. Um, and this isn't a secret. I don't think that I don't. I don't think this is a secret. I'm pretty sure it's not. But there, there are bases that have relationships with studios, so that people can film on those bases for films and stuff well, like that. I mean, as far as like cooperating with with movies, yeah. I mean, the Top yeah. Gun movies is just like Navy propaganda. You know the. Uh, I believe the Transformers movies got made, the Michael Bay Transformers movies got made because uh, with the cooperation of the military because it showed the military as strong and mighty, you know. But yeah. as to whether or not, there are also, you know, I can't remember which film it was, but, the, you know, some filmmaker had to, like, not, he wasn't able to film on a base or with actual military equipment because the, this filmmaker wasn't going to follow the... Uh, uh, dictates of the U.S. government in terms of how to portray the military in the film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Avatar. But, you know. I'm, I'm kidding, but <laughs> but is I mean, uh, are people in with briefcases going up to Steven Spielberg and saying, "Hey, we want you to make this movie on the hush, pretend it's your own, because we want the American, because we know it's going to be big." And we want the American public to think a certain way, and you are our message. Yeah, I. Here's I have a the, harder time believing that. Here's the thing that I would say. Um, I feel as though there are. We would agree. We would agree that advertising, advertising, doesn't necessarily. The advertisers themselves, how am I going to say this? Um, Cheerios, right? Doesn't necessarily say, we at Cheerios believe that we will be a force for social change, right? They aren't the ones that necessarily say this, but an ad agency would go to Cheerios and say, hey, you're Cheerios. We have a, we have, there's an untapped market right now uh that that we think that you could address that you could go to um you know there there are people uh childless couples who are adopting children from overseas uh and we think it would be a great thing uh for your commercial to have you know the 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 child from overseas has been adopted uh they are uh you know, sitting down for breakfast at the first time and the American uh, grandfather of, of this child, you know, the new grandfather, it explains Cheerios to them. And and he, he talks about how he likes them. And then the, the child looks at him and, and says, uh, I, I know what Cheerios are. And it's funny but but the but the point of the but the point of the, the the thing is that 
they didn't necessarily go and say, we're going to get people used to seeing, you know, these adopted children so that they think about this sort of thing. The idea is that that is a side project uh, or a side product of the commercials. Commercials showing things as being normal because they're in commercials can help sway public opinion. And it's not necessarily that the government tells them that they need to do it, but by them doing it, it, it kind of helps. Yeah. And it often advertisers, too. right. Well, this is the thing I, I was about to say. Advertisers did that when they thought that Hillary Clinton was going to become president. The, there were a whole bunch of, um, there was a bunch of backlash against some of the Super Bowl ads that happened that year when Donald Trump won instead of Hillary Clinton because the ads were already done. What are they going to yeah. do? Not run the ads? Uh, so there were a whole bunch of ads at that time about the United States being a place where we're welcoming uh, immigrants to to the United States. <laughs> yeah. At the same time that and 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 we're against we're against the idea of building walls. Yeah. And if Hillary Clinton would have won, that wouldn't have been such a controversial statement. It would have been, hey, we're on the side of, of right here. But because Donald Trump won, a lot of people saw those commercials as being specifically anti the new president. And it it caused some some waves. Do you remember that? happening i don't remember that specifically but that doesn't it's not surprising because that you know that side they're always looking for things yeah. to get angry about it's Look interesting you mentioned the podcast around that time i think we talked about it it's interesting Sorry, you mentioned ahead, cheerios yep. too because cheerios i think was the cereal that first showed uh like in wide you know uh, uh wide distribution like national ad a same-sex couple right you know i and i, I, I yep yeah. That was um, that was like a lot. Cheerios got a lot of hate for that from you know the Trump the Donald Trump type I, supporters. I think it was also Cheerios that had an interracial couple that had the same thing. So maybe maybe I picked Cheerios because Cheerios has been doing some of the work, you yeah. know, in that in that area. But again, the basic idea is that yeah, we 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 as as the people of the United States do watch television and movies a lot. And those television and movies do try to instruct us in stuff, I think. I do think that that is that, that the, the fictions that we, that we watch, even the reality TV show type, again, reality TV not necessarily fiction, but fiction adjacent. Well, I, I think I think what I'm saying is, uh, are they doing that at the behest of some darker purpose by the U.S. government? I don't necessarily think it's a darker purpose. I think that it is propaganda, but po- propaganda, you know, um, it's it's one of those situations where where there's there's you know, wash your hands, right? There's an yeah. episode of ER where um, there's a breakout of, I think it's hepatitis or something that happens on the ER floor, and it's because uh, one of the people isn't washing their hands. 
and George Clooney. And they say you have to wash your hands, and he's like every time. It was the guy who was <laughs> uh, who played one of the bullies on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, or maybe he wasn't a bully. He was a big guy on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I forget what the guy's like name the is. The big guy from Parker Lewis yeah. Can't Lose. Yeah, I know who you're guy. talking about. I don't know his name. Yeah, he but I know who he, you're talking pl- about. he had a role on ER, and it was the same guy. <laughs> Oh man! So remember the whole heyday of Parker Lewis can't lose and trying I to be do. Like a TV version of Ferris Bueller. Oh, in fact, um, you know, there was a Ferris Bueller's Day Off reference in there. They had Ferris Bueller. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a POV shot of Ferris and somebody else watching Parker Lewis doing his yeah. thing and going, "I can't, you know, I I got a lot to learn from this guy or whatever." <laughs> or come on, Ferris, let's go. Something like that. Yeah. So that was kind of peak eighties television. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, did did you ever see Misfits of Science? No. Yeah, that's a that's a TV show that I liked that um, didn't get a lot of uh, airplay. I know Courtney Cox was in it. That's that's mm. one way that you can find it. By just looking up Courtney Cox and then seeing Misfits of Science. <laughs> By going to my Courtney Cox library. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and Bruce Springsteen uh, concerts. Oh, there's a whole Springsteen wing in my library. I do, I do like the idea that maybe 20 years from now, there's a Bruce Springsteen concert, uh, and he's playing, and and he's in a, in a chair... And then they use the automatic lift to get Courtney Cox onto the <laughs> And the, the concert stage with is him. still freaking four hours long. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the video of Hunter of Invisible Game. Uh, I thought that that was a... It's, it's crazy. It's, it's a weird, like, post-apocalyptic world where Bruce Springsteen is still Bruce Springsteen, I think. It's a Springsteen uh, song? I've not heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a hunter of Invisible Game. Um, it is interesting. Bruce Springsteen was very much kind of a a kind of a counterculture guy for a little bit, and then Born in the USA really uh, got him into the mainstream. It's it's really yeah. it's really interesting his earlier stuff. He's sort of a Tom Waitsy kind of guy. It's also interesting how that song has been twisted by uh, political candidates to be yeah. sort of sort of pro US. You know, pro-war. I think it's an anti-Vietnam song, if I'm remembering it correctly. I think so, yeah. Um, hey, speaking of songs, have you listened to the new Ghost of Room album yet, Ben? Oh my god, I haven't. Oh, lord. Um, I, I want to say Bones in the Mud. One of my most favorited songs, uh, and it's got a really weird sample, but I, Bones but I love it. Bones in the Mud. Yeah. That's that's one of the songs. They're all they're all good. Like um, I don't know. I can't I can't explain it other than to say that um, that bones all in the stuff... mud. I do have that song in my iTunes because Mike Doty put it out on his Patreon. Oh, uh, did you did you listen to it? Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of like. I have a bunch of Mike Doty stuff that I haven't listened to, um, be, just because, yeah. like, whenever he's whenever he releases a new song on his Patreon, I just put it into my iTunes, which automatically gets synced to my 
phone here. So yeah. I'll be I'll be walking, you know, it's not it's not unusual for me to, you know, be walking to work and listening to like a shuffle of every song on my on my phone and just yeah. hearing two or three just random Doty songs that I'd never heard before. Some of them are better than others, I'll admit. You know, yeah. some of them don't pass the smell test, but Well, I, I gotta say, you know, if you're if you're doing Patreon content, it's it's probably worth it. Um to to you know do everything you can just to keep on giving the people their stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think with with Mike Doty at least, I think a lot of his fans kind of cut him some slack if he misses a week. I think it's a weekly thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's got the fan base again. I don't know, but maybe you know. I mean, I, I doubt he's got the fan base where you know if he misses a week, someone's going to be like, "I want my five bucks back." Well, the the thing that's kind of interesting is that I am a member of. The uh, I was a member of Unprepared Casters at their fifteen dollars a month tier, and I've dropped it down to two dollars a yeah. month because I just can't cotton it. And what I dropped it all together, I was like, I'm not because it was like I said, it was sort of a, a when I here's what I've learned when I am running a D and D campaign myself. Listening to other people play D&D, if they aren't the specific people that I really want to listen to because they're, I find them you know, funny in other areas, uh, it's, yeah. it's tough. Because I, I just, I'm just thinking about my own game and how I would run it and all that sort of thing. So, um, so I dropped them all together, but then they scrapped an entire arc that they had done because it was done in a game system that... Um, one of the people who had who who wrote the game system uh, was a turned bad out to be a pedophile. Guy. Yeah, or well, I, it's not that, but something similar. Um, yeah. And so they just scrapped it, and they said we're not doing this arc. And so yeah. I I rejoined at the two dollar level just, and I wrote to them. I said, look, I I stopped. I I can't really you know do this. But I'm doing this anyway because I believe in you guys and what you did. And and part of the reason I did that was, of course, because I told them that I was dropping. Or I didn't tell them I was dropping. I just dropped Yeah. at the exact same time. And I didn't want them to think that I dropped because they scrapped <laughs> their... So... I support this really terrible person. Therefore, I'm dropping you as a patron. Right. That, I didn't want them to, to think that. It's strangers... To think that about me, yeah. Of so, um, yeah. The so so it's good though. It's a good album. I've still been listening to it. He it it really does have what I like about Mike Dowdy. Yeah. In there, he's doing he's doing his vocal stuff, the the fast, you know, singing stuff like that, as well as yeah, you know, it's got the hooks. I've been I've been listening to one album kind of like oh, on repeat for the last few weeks. Um, what is it? it? It's a it's a band from Austin called Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Have you heard of these guys? No, I haven't. Uh, the album, I believe the name of the album is Tell Them What Your Name Is, and it came out in 2009, and I, I, I've looked up some of their more recent stuff, and their sound has somewhat changed, but uh, their first, their first uh, album is very much like um, the meters uh, meets the bar case with a little bit of like screaming Jay Hawkins thrown in. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Which is uh, like driving guitar, funky beats, horn section, and the lead singer is, um, I mean, at the at this first album, he's probably like even in his early 20s, right? This, this kid. But he's got yeah. a very old, like, I don't know. I, mean, I, I want to like Stevie Wonder, Screaming Jay Hawkins kind of vibe. Wow, okay. And, uh, it's actually, it's really good. Um, Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Look them up. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there's another thing that I'm, I'm trying to think of his, his the, of the guy's first name. And I'm having a real trouble with it. Uh, his last name is Mercury, and it's not Freddy. Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Um... Could you do me a favor? I, I know that we're we're breaking the rules here, but could you look up the the uh, album Electric Black Man? Electric Black Man by Eric Mercury. Eric Mercury, yeah. I was gonna say Eric, but I um and he does a version of the Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan. On that album, that's just amazing. And so I bought the album. I know you love your covers. I bought the whole album, Ben, and it's worth it. He was he's great. He's Canadian, that Eric Mercury. And uh, he yeah, it's just his 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 voice is incredible. Uh, would recommend for sure. Right on. Um so yeah, yeah, music and all that. Let's see. Um is there any other news that we haven't covered? Nah, the biggest the biggest news that I've been seeing is uh, the, just the uh, the my my old high school pal causing an international disturbance. And the um, uh, now now there, I we we have to say just in case, did we talk about that at the at, at last last week's last last week? Yeah. Okay. One thing, if people were confused, I just want to make sure. Your high school friend wasn't the person that hit the person. Your Correct. high school friend was the person joking about the person who joking got hit. Joking about it afterwards, yeah. There is that one is... news there is one news thing. Um uh maybe this will be another Paul gonna guess the news. Bought to you by Sunmade um, Apricots. Paul gonna guess the news. Brought to you by Sunmade and uh Vita Coco Coconut Water, which has been oh, yeah. on frame the entire time. And it, uh, it was a, um yeah, go ahead. A certain Republican senator has decided to retire at the end of this term. Do you know who it is? Um I'm gonna make a guess of who it is. I don't know if it's true or not. Is it Mitch McConnell? It is not Mitch McConnell. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. The fir- uh, who, who first name it? does start with an M, though. It is Mitt Romney. Oh wow! Okay. Mitt Romney actually came out and said it is time for the boomers to get out of politics, and so he's leading by example and not seeking re-election. I know a lot of my lefty friends are upset at Nancy Pelosi for announcing her bid to run for re-election. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, as you know, Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein are octogenarians still deciding what our rules are. But the biggest news coming out of the whole Mitt Romney issue is that he has written a tell-all from the Senate, and wow. which will be released soon. And uh, a lot of Republican, a lot of Republican 
uh, senators are kind of shaking in their boots right now because uh, behind closed doors, they speak the truth about what they think about our former president. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And they think it's going to be in this book. And when's his, when's his book going to come out? I well, in the next few months, I think. Oh, wow. Well, it's the kind of book that you uh, quit your job over. <laughs> uh, um, well, here's the thing. I, I really think that Mitt Romney um, is going to do better outside of politics than he did in them, and he did pretty well. In well, them. a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of people are kind of upset. Not upset because that he's retiring, but he does sort of represent the last of the centrist Republicans of the like mm. moderate Republicans, as and you know what people are worried about is that the person that's going to vacate a seat is just going to be another radical right wing idiot. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say, and we, we talked about this before, that if I if I were going to vote for a Republican, if I had to, it would have been John Huntsman. And I don't know how good is that? or bad he is. Um, he is uh, somebody who is running, I think he was running at the same time, I think he was running in the 2016 election, I want to say. Um... But it might have been the election before that. It might have been the 2008 election. Um, but the reason the reason that I I I said I would vote for this guy if I had to vote for anyone is because uh, Captain Beefheart was one of his favorite bands. <laughs> and so he and can't I be all care, bad. I don't care what your politics are, right? If you are re- willing to go on record saying that Captain Beefheart is one of your favorite bands. You're weird. Yeah. And being being and weird, a weird is good. Being a weird right wing guy is an interesting place to be at. I don't know. But anyway, our, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. In our last five minutes, do you want to let's do uh, this week in Goody Lawrence? Oh yeah, we haven't I, done that in a I, while. Um, I think I think uh, uh, we've talked about uh, Paul and Ben effing rock because I showed you that video. The next one was uh, when we uh, played at the Extreme Theater League. I think we did. Yeah, we did talk about yep. that. That wasn't at Spin the Bottom. Did we talk about what we did on January 6th, 2006, which is... Um, oh, yeah, we, we did. Notorious Storm Big Tool Madonna. Wait. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> I'm on Fire by our new band, Notorious Big Tool Madonna. Notorious uh, B.I.G. Tool Madonna. I, I still... I think it was... I think it was Notorious Big Tool Madonna. I think that... Notorious... Yeah. Um, uh, and still, I still, I love it. Uh, and again, if you want to know why Notorious Big Tool Madonna is such a great uh, name for a band, think about it on the marquee at a venue. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is February third, two thousand six, and it is this day in history. Paul and Ben determine what happened on this day in history. I have no recollection of this performance. I have I nothing not, on the website. It's, it, it's, it, it smells as though there is something that, uh, you know, we were asked to do by uh, Brett. Yeah. But maybe not. What? what do, do we know anything more? You said there's nothing on the website. There's nothing on the website. If I went to my folder all of all my Goody Lauren stuff, I might... I might have a script, but I don't. It's not on the website. All right. So, so this is what we're gonna have to do, Ben. Is. 
Je what was it? February what? February 3rd, 2006. Okay, we've got time. Uh, start reading things. Look it, look it up this day in history and see if it jogs our memory. Ben's gonna pull up the this day in history. Let's see, what happened on February 3rd, 2006? Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, weds author Oboes Blair Tyndall what? at Skirball Cultural Center in Los Angeles. Now, now, we, now, we're not looking at what happened in 2006. We're looking at what happened prior to 2006. Because uh, it would have been what we would have talked about. Let's go. This day in history, February 3rd. All right, there's a whole... What happened on February 3rd? Uh, the 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified. On this day in 1870, the 15th Amendment to the Constitution of the U.S. was ratified, guaranteeing the right to vote regardless of race and intending to ensure, with the 14th Amendment, the civil rights of former slaves. Seems okay. like an important one. It is an important one. Not the one we talked about, though. No. I don't think. Um... Uh, in 2005, American lawyer and judge Alberto Gonzalez was sworn in as the Attorney General of the U.S., becoming the first Hispanic to occupy the post. Nope. Um, American rock and roll singer Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash at age 22. Um, that is closer to something we might have mentioned, but I don't think that was it. Um... In a personal meeting with Confederate representatives, U.S. President Abraham Lincoln offered liberal pardons in exchange for the South's quitting the Civil War, with reunion as a precondition of peace, an offer that was rejected. Probably not. Nope. Uh, in 1468, German craftsman, inventor, and printer Johannes Gutenberg, whose printing press was considered a history-changing invention, died in Mainz. Huh, still still not hitting it. Nothing. Yeah, Massachusetts issued the first paper money in the American colonies. American newspaper editor Horace Greeley, known as one of the most persuasive anti-slavery votes uh, voices in the antebellum north, was born in Amherst. Avant-garde American writer Gertrude Stein, whose Paris home was a salon for the leading artists and writers of the period between World Wars I and II, was born. And this is 1874. Um, not yet involved in World War One, the U.S. broke off diplomatic relations with Germany after the Germans announced their intentions to practice unrestricted submarine warfare. None of this is ringing a bell. Yeah. I bet you anything we made up every single thing we talked about. Maybe so. Can you find out and, and, and we'll talk about it next time? That requires homework, Paul Goody. If I if I can find these notebooks, all of my all of my old performance notebooks are just buried in my closet. So oh, if gotcha. I uh, get the impulse to dig out and find yeah. two thousand six, yeah, no, maybe don't I'll have, have to. Just just if you if you end up doing it, that would be cool. I'm wondering, um, you know, it's possible we did exchange scripts via email back then. Maybe maybe I'll be able to find something in my email from uh, two thousand six. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, the one last thing I do want to mention is as. Uh, is the great idea um, where the guy comes uh, a guy comes back from time traveling and says, "We did it! We we finally killed Archduke Ferdinand!" And they they're like, 
what about Hitler? What about who? <laughs> yeah. And the idea that, that you know, the murder of Archduke <laughs> Ferdinand started World War One, which then led to World War Two. Uh, I do like the idea that his assassination was thought of as a good thing by the time tra travelers who messed up this timeline. And I know I said travelers weird. Indeed. All right. Uh, Indeed. So, hey, look at the time. Are we, you know, because we had a little bit of time. Do we want to pad at all or do you think we're good to end here? I think we're good. I think uh, right. I think for the good of the order, we should end. Okay, for the good of the order, Ben. Uh, all right. Well, Ben, thank you very much for talking to me. I always enjoy talking to you and have a pleasant time. Uh, you will have been back uh, a week at least. By the, at time, the time this, this airs. airs. I know I will still be gone. I'll be back oh, okay. on Wednesday, and then the day after that, we record again. Oh, well, uh, in that case, I look forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow for anyone who's listening to this on the day that it was released. <laughs> Time Indeed. is weird. Yeah, uh, well, shout out it, to it, the Colin Talk Show, the pre taped Colin Talk the, Show. The pre taped Colin Talk Show. One of uh, Ben and I's favorite sketches from Mr. From Mr. Show. Show. R.I.P. Uh, Paul Goody, I pray that you keep it wrong. Ben, for the love of myself <laughs> and my family and everyone that you know and love, please keep it wrong. And I will see you All right. next time. I'll do so, and I'll see you later. We'll talk to you later. Room Tone!